Welcome to Pardes Daily, where you get your daily dose of Torah with Pardes faculty. This time, Pardes is bringing Pesach to you. Let's dive in. Hi, this is Rachel Berkowitz coming to you from Jerusalem. This is Unit 6 as we learn through the Mishnayot of Masach Pesachim. Last time we saw in Mishnah Vav that we learned two different halachot that were related to consecrated and holy objects. Neither of the examples had anything to do with chametz. Only in the next Mishnah, Mishnah Zion, are we going to link them to chametz. And they were both taught as traditions of the behavior of the Kohanim in the Beit HaMikdash. Rabbi Chinin Askana Kohanim told us that the Kohanim had no problem burning together meat that was supposed to be for a sacrifice, that was supposed to be holy and consecrated, but became tameh. And once it became tameh, it was taken out of the realm of holiness and needed to be destroyed and burnt. It didn't matter if I added, once it had received tumah in impurity, it didn't matter if I added another level of impurity to it. They could be burned together. On that halacha, Rabbi Akiva learned, I can apply a similar logic to truma that has become tameh. The tithe that is given to the Kohen that has become Tameh also needs to be burnt. And there is a special halakha that is unique to Truma, is that despite the fact that it can be, it needs to be burnt, that we learn that the Kohenim are allowed to benefit from the burning. I can use the Truma as the Tameh Truma, the, the impure Truma, as it's being burnt. So I can use, if someone gave Shemin, if someone donated to the Kohen oil, and it somehow become, came to May, so he couldn't use it and couldn't use the olive oil on his salad, but instead he wants to light a candle with it, right? It's supposed to be destroyed and be burnt, but he can do that process of destroying and being burned by lighting his lamp and using the oil for it. So we have this interesting image of repurposing something that is pasul, that is that is ineligible, that is tamay, and still creating light from it. Right. And I, we talked about or we mentioned that this is the second use of the candle here. Right. This this we ha- we opened with a candle and now we're talking about creating a candle that is uh, that is turning something into that was Tamei into something that still has value, which is very interesting. And this is the second time we've seen this because we also saw the parts of the uh, Toda'ah sacrifice that had become Pasul, that had been nullified. And we sort of also turned that into something that had value. And you, we used it as our clock to know when the, when the um, we should stop eating chametz and when it should be the time to burn it. And now, so Rabbi Akiva says, this Shemin as well, I don't care if I add to the level of Tuma with it. I don't care if it was third degree and then I put it into a holder, a candle holder that's first degree and I turn it into second degree. And at first glance, as he says, like I'm adding, I'm just adding to the law that was said before about the basar. But what's unique about what Rabbi Akiva says and that he plays a small sleight of hand on us that we don't realize is that when we were talking about the basar of Kodshi, when we're talking about the consecrated meat, there, Kochim, unlike anything else, can go from the highest level of Tuma, from the Ava Tuma, and can have many, many, many babies, and can even, something that is third degree Kochim Tuma, can pass on fourth degree to something else. Nothing else has the power to do this. Normally, after third degree, we stop, and it has no power to pass on. So this, this thing that was third degree, that got bumped up to second degree, yes, we, we gave it more Tuma status, but I didn't inherently change its status 
because by adding more tuma to it, I didn't I I didn't do anything. When it was third degree, it could pass on tuma, and when it's second degree, it can pass on tuma. That's not the case for this shemen. The shemen is only third degree tuma. And once it's third degree toma, it's it's pasul. I can't use it. I need to burn it. But it has no capabilities of passing on tuma to anyone else. It's like it's lost all its tuma power. But once I light it in the candle holder in the ceramic thingy that is first degree tuma and I bump it up to second degree tuma, I've actually changed its status. I've added tuma to it that now is significant because a second degree tuma, it can pass on tuma. And so despite the fact that Rabbi Akiva said he is, this is the same thing, I'm not changing its status, he actually has changed the status in some way, which is interesting. I tell you all this because we're going to continue to build on these ideas in the next Mishnah. And in fact, the building is going to be done by our friend Rebbe Mayer that we've already met. And what he does is going to be very, very controversial. And he says, so this is Mishnah Zion, Amar Rebbe Mayer, divrehem lamdu, from their words we learn. And, and the question is, who words? It seems to be the words of Rabbi Hanina Skanakoen that then Rabbi Akiva added to. And from both of these additional addings that I can keep adding, Rabbi Meir says, we learn something. And finally, we're now going to get to Chametz. Rabbi Meir says, we learn something. Shesofim truma tahara im hatmea bepesach. This is what he says we can do. We can burn truma, right? The tithe that the Jewish people give to the Kohanim. Truma, that's tahor, right? That's its status. It has to be tahor. With tamay on Pesach. With truma that is tamay when it is Pesach. Okay, now we need to unpack this because this is the very controversial line. This is what he's saying. If you remember, we learned earlier that Rabbi Gamliel was very worried. He wanted to make sure, try to eat up all your truma before you have to burn it because Rabbi Gamliel back in Mishnahay didn't want to burn tahor truma right? Tahar Truma should be eaten. To burn it is like a waste of holiness, right? But if if I reached the point and it was chametz, I was going to have to burn it. And so Rabbi Meir is talking about that. I might have Truma that is holy. It's Kuchin Kalm. It's a low-level holiness, but it's holy. But at, at the point where I can't eat chametz anymore, if it's chametz, I'm going to have to burn it. But it is Tahor. It's 100% Tahor. Now I have other Truma that's become Tameh that I have to burn. On Pesach, normally, when it would be any other day of the year, everyone, everyone, everyone agrees I could never burn Tahor Truma with Tameh Truma because that would be contaminating the Tahor. I'd be taking the Tahor and turning it into Tameh, right? You're allowed to use the oil to burn a light if it's Tahor, right? He's allowed to use it in a state of Tahor and use a Tahor. He's also allowed to burn Tameh Truma, but you can never mix them together because it's prohibited. We're not supposed to turn something that is Tahor, that is holy, into something that's Tameh. We're supposed to stay away from that. There's only one time where you're allowed to do this, says Rebbe Mayer, and that's Bepesach. That's today on the 14th because... That truma that was tahor, because it's chametz, it's as if it's tameh, right? The moment that the hour, that the, 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 the clock dongs and says, no more eating chametz, the fact that it's tahor turns it into ineligible and it's pasul. It's not tameh, but it's pasul. It's ineligible because it's chametz status. And that chametz status of pasul, he says, is equivalent to the tameh status of truma. And I can burn them together, despite the fact that I'm now taking something to whore and making it tame because they touch. Because 
what he's basically saying is that the ineligibility because it's chametz is equivalent to the tameness that um, the other thing has, and I'm not adding anything to it. And he says this is unique on Pesach. Now, what's unique about him using this word Pesach that's a little bit crazy, right? Pesach is the word that we have from the Torah. Pesach is a word to describe this day that I already told you about, the 14th, when I sacrificed the Korban Pesach. But the hour that he's talking about where I can burn these two things together, if you remember, the burning happens at the beginning of the sixth hour. And I already explained to you that that is just a rabbinic buffer. Because really, only from the beginning of the seventh hour am I required to burn this from the Torah. So now, listen to what Rabbi Meir is saying. He's saying, based on a rabbinic principle, I'm going to take this holy consecrated thing, this truma, that there's nothing wrong with it. And I'm going to burn it first off, right? And that's why Rabbi Gamaliel was nervous. He said, try to finish it up in the fifth hour before you have to burn it. Because he doesn't feel so comfortable burning something from, from Torah law at a rabbinic time. But Rabbi Meir adds it. Not only am I going to burn it at a rabbinic time, but I'm going to let it become Tameh in that burning. I'm going to mix it with things that are Tameh because this time that the rabbis have created becomes the real time, if you're following me. And the fact that it's Chameh turns it as if it is Tameh and equivalent, and I'm not adding anything. The not able to eat it for both of these, I'll say it like this, the ineligibility of eating it, one, because it's Chameh, or two, because it's Tameh Truma, is equivalent, says Rabbi Meir. They're the same thing. I'm not adding anything, and therefore I can burn it together, right? A very radical move is what Rabbi Meir is doing. And once again, I want to remind you, it's reinforcing this idea that somehow this chametz that we're burning, the burning of it sort of signifies that it had some level of holiness beforehand. Obviously, it wasn't. It wasn't like truma. Truma's holy, and, and this wasn't truma. <laughs> but by equating the law and saying there's something similar in the pasul, in the ineligibility of chametz, is similar to the ineligibility of truma, that's tame, equates the two. Now, immediately, everyone gets upset, right? In response to this, in response to what he says, Amr lo rabiyosi, This is not a good analogy. This is not a good inference. And the use of the word midah is interesting. We have the yud gimel midah chatara nidreshet bahem. We have the 13 homiletic principles that the Torah is interpreted. Those are things we usually use to interpret biblical law. As you saw, Rabbi Meir was learning something midivrehem. He was learning from rabbinic law to another rabbinic law and creating all rabbinic law. And, and Rabbi Yossi says, you're not doing it right. But interestingly, he uses the words that are used for interpreting Torah, right? Just the way Rabbi Meir used the Torah word of Pesach to refer to the rabbinic thing. I don't know if there's a link between measurements, midah, and the rows of the measurements of the two rows that we had in our first Mishnah, right? Then after Rabbi Yossi says he doesn't like the analogy, he does, Rabbi Yossi says doesn't tell you the halacha what he thinks. But then we learn Modim Rabbi Eliezer for Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua both agree, and they're usually in sort of separate camps. Rabbi Eliezer is maybe a Shammai camp and Rabbi Yeshua is more a Hillel camp. They both agree that what Rameir said is wrong. The truma that's tahor but can't be eaten anymore because it's chametz has to be burned as a chametz on its own. And the truma that's tameh that in general needs to be burned because it's tameh and also maybe because it's chametz needs to be burned separately. The fact that they're now both chametz doesn't unite them. They're still separate. And they say that. What do they disagree about? Which, by the way, we didn't know they disagreed. But once again, we ask a question that assumes we know some information. 
על התלויה ועל הטמאה. שרבי אליעזר אומר תשרוף זו לעצמה וזו לעצמה ורבי יהושע אומר שתיהם כאחד. What they disagree about is the case of truma, that I'm not sure of what its status is, that it's dangling, that it's tluya, and this is the word we had used in another way about the fifth hour, that we let it dangle, that we're not sure what to do in that hour, right? And that was the dangling hour was the hour that Rabbi Galil wanted us to eat the truma, right? And now we have truma that itself is dangling. I'm not sure, is it tamay, is it tahor? That truma, can I burn it with truma that I know is tamay? Right? And we're talking both about chametz. Both of these are chametz, right? Rabbi Meir was unifying them because they're chametz. I'm unifying them because they're chametz and I'm going to burn them. But their status vis-a-vis like impure and impure, I'm not sure about. So Rabbi Eliezer says, even if I'm in doubt and I'm not sure, I still have to do it on its own because maybe what if it was tahor? I have to burn that separately. And my tameh chametz, truma, I have to burn separately. Rabbi Yeshua says, no, in this case, if I knew for sure that it was pure and tahor, I would not let you burn it with the tummy. But if I'm in doubt, if it's dangling, I'm not sure, I will let you burn them as one. That aspect will be unified together. And I will agree with Rabbi Meir's law that they can be burned together, that the, the need to burn them as chametz unifies them enough. And the fact that one of them, I'm in doubt, maybe it is tummy that I can burn them together. Right? So I have... Rabbi Eliezer, who wants everything separate. During the year, I have to do Tameh and Tahor separately. On Pesach, I have to do Tameh and Tahor separately. I don't care if I'm doubt or not, I have to do it separately. Rabbi Yoshua says, if I'm in doubt about its status, Tameh and Tahor, I'll let the Chametz unify them as one. And Rabbi Meir is the most radical. He lets the rabbinic time period and the buffer zone and the prohibition of Chametz unite them, that I will burn Tahor Truma with Tameh Truma because they're both chametz and therefore inedible to eat and say that their status is the same. And that's the end of the chapter. We have to unpack this chapter. There's a lot going on. Why did the whole second half of the chapter start connecting us to these things in the temple, to the Korban Todah, to the Truma, to sort of saying something that maybe are chametz in some way when it wasn't chametz is, is, is similar to Kutchin. We need to unpack this next time and we will do that in our next session. Thank you to our Pardes faculty and a big thanks to you, our learners. Make sure to check back in every day to stay on track with your learning and visit www.pardes.org.il for more information about other ways to learn with Pardes.